For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. January 20th, a big day in the world, a big day in pro wrestling, another Wednesday night war between AEW Dynamite and NXT. This is your Wrestling Inc. podcast. We're going to bring it all to you, all the good review, all the good opinions. And, of course, we hope you uh, chime in as well through the comments and super chats. I'm your host, Justin LaBar, being joined by my other co-host. Well, he's going to take the, the second show we talk about. He is Alfred Kanoa. You can find him on Twitter at This Is Nasty. You can read him on Forbes.com. Alfred, how are you doing? Great, great. Great to be here. And Matt Morgan, uh, he is scheduled to be here. He is just, uh, you know, he, the, the mu- he, he's still in Gorilla. The music hasn't hit yet. It's not his time <laughs> to make it out to the ring. So Matt will jump in here uh, sooner than later, we hope. But we're not going to waste any time because we already uh, had an overrun of NXT. So we're already a little behind the eight ball. So let's jump into AEW uh, as we normally set to do. And they did advertise that one of the things that they were going to have featured. And this was celebrating Negative One's uh, birthday. Of course, the oldest son of the um, late Brody Lee. And uh, that's what they kicked off with. He's out there on the shoulders uh, of the Dark Order, and they got birthday cake, and they're ready to celebrate, uh, only to be interrupted by who their opponents are going to be, which is at first, it's uh, half their opponents. It is the Chaos Project. And uh, Luther just saying, I'm going to ruin your birthday, and all this kind of stuff. Anyways, a uh, fight ends up breaking out uh, between Dark Order and Chaos Project. Here comes TH2, the other uh, component in this match. And we're kicking it off with an eight-man tag of Dark Order up against uh, Chaos Project and TH2. And uh, this match, uh, you know, uh, I guess I'll just say a typical eight-man tag in AEW. A lot of moving parts. A very good finish. Uh, a, a dark order with Hangman Page, I should mention. And, and a very good finish with Hangman's finisher. Then tying into a German suplex roll-up uh, with one of the other Dark uh, Order members. And Dark Order gets the victory. And then after the fact, uh, they managed to um, they managed to hold on to one half of the uh, Chaos Project, Luther's partner, and uh, and right there we see him getting held back on the stage and a uh, little Brody coming up, negative one coming up and uh, takes a kendo stick and just whacks him over the head. And uh, and that's how we, we end that segment. So uh, overall, very good, you know, fun, fun, loving. I mean, it, 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 negative one's the most over in AEW. Yeah. Yeah, he is. And it was a feel good segment. And it also tied into storyline. Like I when I saw the advertisement of negative one's birthday celebration, I expected like a campy celebration. They're going to give him cake and do whatever. But they did that. But then they immediately spun it into the hangman Adam page joining the Dark Order. And I really thought that they tied all of this together. I like this is opening segment. Uh, I really, really liked that after the match when they asked Hangman Adam Page to join the Dark Order. And he says, no, guys, I can't. And they immediately set off all these streamers and purple confetti. And on the vision, on the Titan Tron, it said, he said yes. It was really Shirtless fun. cowboys come prancing yeah. out of the tunnel and they have to rush them back. The best part was them rushing them up. Like, get out of here, get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was going to get, I mean, I was going to get to that. I mean, this, um, you know, look, it, it, we, we, I think we, I don't remember if it was on this episode or if it where somewhere here on the wrestling inc uh, podcast universe uh i think it was this one we talked about you obviously brody's passing is tragic but in a weird way what a difference a year makes for the dark order uh this kind of baby faces them at least it did obviously in that in that um tribute show but now based upon the booking here 
uh, of them going up against heel groups that they just did. Uh, they came out of the 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 uh, babyface tunnel. You know, AEW has that separated. So they're clearly we're moving we're moving full full speed ahead uh, with them being uh, one of the more popular babyface acts. Yeah, and I was thinking like Adam Hangman Page is kind of backed into a corner because he kind of has to say yes given the circumstances, but they did do this in a way that didn't really make him seem like a heel. There is kind of still a question of whether or not he may join down the road because this wasn't an emphatic no. It was just him saying, you know, I've been burned in the past. So there's going to be a courtship process. I do expect him to eventually join the Dark Order, but I thought this was well done. Yeah. And I want to let me toss about that real quick. Uh, uh, Nick Howes and I were talking about this on the Wrestling Inc. Daily. uh, talking about um, Eric Rowan or Eric Redbeard. You know, he's, he's come up several times. You know, he's come up as a, a Tony Schiavone, I think, said in a quote last week, as far as I know, he's not signed AEW, but anything could happen. Um, but Rowan also popped up, I think, on a, on a WWE tribute. I think it was a New Day podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, it wouldn't, I, I don't think it would be, I don't think it would come off as cheesy to the fans or a cheap, a cheap whatever. I actually think that if they did want to bring Rowan in and make him, like Brody Lee's successor, just because they they were oh, yeah. friends and had a relationship, and you made him the new not you don't you know not the new exalted one, but just the new leader. I think I think and sometimes fans would react cringeworthy to that, but something about how this all feels, I feel like fans would almost take it as like a, just another way of honoring Brody Lee. Well, of course, and I really would like to see Eric Rowan involved in somehow in some capacity. I mean, I, I really do think that he was a talent that was very unique. He's you know a huge guy. He has a great look. I thought that he was fine in the ring and. Um, yeah, I would like to see him maybe not do the exact same thing that Brody Lee was doing, um, but at least have some kind of real estate in the dark order. Would it would fit like a glove? Yeah, yeah, not do the same thing. I'm not, I'm not saying call him the exalted one, right. or, even, or even the exalted one 2.0. That that sounds cheesy, right? But if he just, you know, if if it got if once this if the, this baby this baby face run right now once in this you know still paying tribute to Brody right now ends and maybe they get back to the roots to where they're trying to. Um, you know, to where they're trying to, you know, f- refine themselves again. If they needed to find a new leader, that would be uh, an interesting way to add it. Matt Morgan is in the building. Matt Morgan is in the building. What's up, guys? How are you? We're good, <laughs> Matt. You didn't miss much. Oh, we were just talking about the the Dark Order, and they are clearly baby faces now. Yes, they clearly are. They should be John Silver, especially. Yeah. Yeah, clearly baby faces. Uh, everything from the way they are booked, the heels they went against, coming out the baby face tunnel. So, uh, what a difference a year makes. All right, so we see a backstage uh, with uh, Alex Marvez talking to MJF and Jericho. Of course, the main event tonight is the three-way tag team of the dar- of, uh, the uh, 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 inner circle. Excuse me, trying to figure out who's going to be the official tag team. So we get a little uh, hype to that. But up next, it's Sting. Sting wants to come out, and he's going to congratulate. Uh, so, yeah, my, hey, real quick, sun's been irking this shit out of me. Excuse my language. <coughs> Why? I'm, I'm the biggest Monday Nitro mark in the universe. All these wrestlers my age completely did the whole revisionist history like the WWE Network does, and a lot of the former Attitude Era wrestlers have done since by acting like WWE was the place where every main talent wanted to go. Bullshit. WCW was a big deal, and along with that revisionist history, okay, what am I missing with – I don't ever recall – um, Tony screaming, it's Sting. I don't remember that. And I watched every Nitro you could possibly think of. Do you remember? Like, so like every week now, they're kind of like do this phony setup when Sting comes out and like we got to hear, you know, Tony uh, screaming, it's Sting. And it's supposed to be like this replay 
nostalgia thing that I don't remember. I don't remember him doing this. The chat room where Alfred might, I believe it's twofold. I believe one somewhere in the crow days of sting when sting finally appeared to help save WCW. Cause it wasn't, we didn't know which side he was on. I feel like there was a classic it's sting call. Mm-hmm. And so then, am I missing, but maybe I'm missing the, I mean the tone of it. Like, like I don't remember this. Like, I just don't as some iconic call. And I remember everything, including Bobby Heenan fucking up Hulk Hogan joining the NWO. I remember Who's side everything. is he on? What do you mean his side is he on? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's I think it's part. I think there was a, that call and a pivotal moment in the WCW NW storyline. And I also think, okay. too, like, I also think there's some kind of charm associated because Tony Schiavone called Sting all the way back since Sting was, you know, yes. late 80s. Yeah, so, but, yes, Tony, yes. but Tony Khan apparently gave the explicit instruction that night that Sting was the debut. He said, he said nobody else gets, Tony Schiavone gets the first call right. when Sting comes out. And to his credit, when he showed up, that's, I got nostalgic just because Tony Schiavone is calling Sting. I don't remember yeah. a specific, I, this is Sting called, but I do remember yeah. Schiavone freaking out when Sting would arrive and beat up all the heels in NWO. Yeah. would freak out, but I guess it's Sting. They just needed some catchy line to, you know, market. Oh, okay. I'll buy that. Yeah. Tony Schiavone's trying to get that pro wrestling tee shirt, that pro wrestling yeah. tee's money. It's Sting. <laughs> Uh, speaking of shirts and Sting, Sting comes out wearing the Brody Lee tribute shirt. So I thought that's very cool because obviously that's a huge th- that shirt's already been selling great, and obviously the proceeds are going to Brody's family. But I mean, Sting's yeah, a huge deal. So if, if he wears something out there, you know that's going to be some some clicks for buying a shirt. So uh, pretty cool of him to do that. Uh, yeah. We could have been hawking his own shirt, uh, but he comes out and he uh, he and then we bring out Darby Allen. And Sting says, you know, I look at you and there's something about you that reminds me something of me. And I just want to be the first one to congratulate you publicly on being TNT champion. Mind you, he's been like TNT champion for a couple months. Made. <laughs> Made. As yeah. soon as he said that sentence, that's all I've been waiting for Sting to do since he's got here. It's about time. And Darby Allen is now officially made. Yeah, so he says that, and then we get into the bit, the real business, which is uh, Taz and Team Taz appear on the video screen, uh, breaking up this little love fest. And Taz talking about, you know, you guys play dirty. You know, we've been gentlemen. You guys beating us with bats and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> you know, but I'm from the streets. I'm from the streets if you look me up. And then, you know, they all start talking about how bad they're from the streets. Basically, let's take our fight to the streets. Darby says, be careful what you wish for. You might get it. Um, my first all, gentlemen, Matt, you're, I think we're heading towards a cinematic match, right? I do, and I like it. And, and by the way, my money's on freaking Darby Allen. You can't beat him up. It's impossible. You can stay on top of him. You could slam him all over the place. It won't matter. He doesn't die. He can't be killed. He really can't. And I've been looking forward to a Darby Allen cinematic match for quite some time now because he does have a background in film, and I just know that this is something that he's been kind of yearning for. So his input in this match is going to be really good. And I just love Taz in this segment is that you finally get this meeting of the minds between Darby Allen and Sting, and then he just obnoxiously, hey, shut up. Hey, hey, I'm talking here. And he just cuts his great promo. I love what Taz has been doing this whole – I think, you know, he's been the star of this whole feud with Sting and all because Sting's – you know, he's cut some criticism for not really doing anything. But Taz has been great on the mic, and I just really loved him tonight. This has been money, Taz, this entire run. And I, I'm not the biggest fan of – I like his stable except for – what's his name? Um, Come on, small guy. Ricky Starks? Yeah, I like him as a talent. I just don't think he fits that group. But – but the rest of them are freaking just beasts, and it's a perfect stable just besides Starks, in my opinion. Um, but uh, his promos, holy crap, I want to see him wrestle. Like, 
like I, I do because his promos are so damn believable and just it's like ECW Taz. Like if fans have a chance, you got to go back and watch some of his ECW promos. The reason he got over it was those promos. He was so believable. You thought this guy was six foot four, like easily six foot four, 300 pounds. I always thought, you know, and uh, yeah, that's because how believable his promos are. And he's getting his other talents over through. I would like to see Cage. I feel Cage is taking a back seat to this, though, a little bit. I, to me, Brian Cage, unless I'm I, I may be crazy here, but was a future heavyweight champion, I always thought. And, and I don't. This doesn't help get him there, in my opinion. No, and having another muscle and Hobbs in that group also makes Cage, Right. You know, Hobbs is freaking undercover Jack, too, dude. Yeah. Like, he's sleepy big. Like, he's a big bone big. He's a thick cat. And it makes Cage look small almost. And Cage is jacked. Well, and remember, Matt, another thing about if they do the cinematic, obviously that allow that's a great situation for Sting to be in and you can protect him. Oh, make, make I, this cool. is going to be amazing. But yes. You can also have Taz involved because Taz can get, because oh. again, it, it's a stunt, it's a stunt controlled movie at this point. So Taz can fight in this. Dude, um, he's got to get a Taz mission. And that's all. Yeah. That's all I, just give me one. Take it to the streets of Jacksonville. Uh, Joni Shauna Jenkins, five Canadian. Uh, hey, Matt, one thing is for certain. Shivani never screamed. It's Glacier. <laughs> I want that. And that's a, that's a shame. He should have poor Glacier. Nice. Guy, Glacier. That's He's what I thought it was. Nice. Glacier, nice guy. I thought What'd it was Glacier. When Sting debuted, I thought it was Glacier. I was like, are they bringing back Glacier? Because winter is coming. I thought that was going to be the payoff. And then it was <laughs> Dude, Glacier is such a nice man. Like, everybody I know has ever met him, like, puts him over huge here in Florida. He's a pretty big deal here. He does a lot of, like, uh, uh, work to help other addicts and other people in our community that need help, underprivileged people. He's a really good man, Ray Lloyd. Doesn't he have a small training school in Georgia? Yes. Yes, but before before he did that, he was like here locally in the Orlando area for quite a while. Nice. All right, so uh, moving on, we see the Young Bucks. They have a camera and Alex Marvez, and they are at Kenny Omega's house. They're they're coming. Kenny's not answering his phone. They can't find him, so they're going to go do a little wellness check on him. Um, and so they uh, eventually get inside of the uh, of Kenny's nice house. He's nowhere to be found. All they see is Michael Nakazawa, um, who greets them and takes them to see. Uh, <laughs> Takes him to a, a, a great room, and there's an oil painting of Kenny Omega and Don Callis, just shirtless in jeans with eight pack abs. Looks, you know, looks very Billy and Chuck. You get what I'm going at here. And all of a sudden, Don Callis shows up. What are you guys doing here? I, I, I commissioned this as a birthday present for Kenny. Blah 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 blah. Kenny's not answering his phone. Don goes, well, what number do you have? You know, just completely just blowing him off of how you guys are just, you know, not a part of Kenny's inner circle anymore. And eventually <laughs> ends up Don Callis has the cameraman and uh, Alex Marvez taken to the dungeon of the room so he could talk privately with the young bucks, but the camera is still there filming in, in the living room and basically trying to bribe him. Says, look, you've been friends with him for 12 years, but, you know, how about this check? Why don't you just get on out of here? Don't be the hanger owners from the old neighborhood. Kenny's Kenny's got bigger things to go. And obviously they take offense to that. And they uh, knock the camera over, black it out, but they are. Uh, you know, we hear the noise of them beating up Don Callis, and we'll get the we'll get more to the story uh, here in a few segments. But uh, a nice little, you know, AEW leaves with their comedy. They they always, they never over. They, I don't think they ever can, overshoot it. Can I ask you guys both a question? I watch BT. I watch everything on YouTube as it relates to AEW, especially the Bucks. Did I miss something? I thought. I thought, you know, they too sweeted them at the end of that episode. I thought they were 
all now in this huge super bullet club, essentially. What, what am I, is, is this just infighting, even though they still are now in this with in this super bullet club or what, what did I miss? AEW actually does well, but they could actually hurt themselves doing this because a lot of people were confused. There was a subtlety to when they did the two sweet that you could see the look on the young bucks face. They were very conflicted. It wasn't like, yeah, we're back together. I'm like, eh, I don't know about this. And then that's now playing itself out, but it is a little jarring. But I guess the story is that they did kind of reunite temporarily, but Kenny Omega had his own plans that did not involve the Bucks. Well, it was, there was a re, there was a, a reuniting okay. two weeks ago. Yeah, it's a couple weeks right. ago. And then last week, if you guys recall, it was supposed to be Kenny with the it was supposed to be Kenny and the Young Bucks in six man action. His and, two best friends. Right. And and and, 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 and Yeah. And right backstage, I said, you know, we love your entrance. Let's do separate entrances. So Kenny goes out first, and then Don Callis, you know, bulldozes it all and says, No, we got two partners, and here comes the good brothers. And then the Bucks were in the backstage going, What the hell? So they, you know, they yeah. thought there's a reuniting, and then now they're realizing, okay, you know, we're we're getting we're getting pushed out, and so it seems right. by Don Callis, who's brainwashing. Uh, I want them to be all together, man. Like, I don't want this stuff where they're like infighting. I just want it to be a super group, but then they need to get five people to oppose them. Yeah, I think it might have been a mistake to start like that because a lot of people are really excited for a Bullet Club reunion, and then that's not at yeah. all. Yeah. Uh, FH uh, throwing some of the five euros. Uh, team Taz would be a good team win with, with trios belts coming this year. With the amount of tag teams and stables the belt will have, a lot of talented yeah. team. Is that official? We don't. That that that's just speculation about the trios yeah. titles. It is, yeah, but it absolutely should happen. There are so many talented teams. And to your point earlier, Justin, that uh, Silver Reynolds and Hangman Page just did this triple team sequence at the end, and it was just phenomenal. Oh my god! And yeah. they done it. They did it again. They did yeah. it like what, two weeks ago, was it? Same thing. They're, they're frigging awesome. I'm tongue tied here right now, but they're they're frigging awesome. I'm excited. I hope they do have a trios title. I really do. Yeah, I mean, I, I've said it. They, everybody, it's everybody's got gang affiliation in, in AEW. Nobody for, for a while. AEW or uh, good, Dar- right? Darby was the only loner. He was the only loner, and now he's got Sting. Even so, everybody has got somebody to love. As the song that's pretty. Say. I think that's pretty cool. I like that. It, it is. You layer. You you're built in with an automatic layer, no matter what talent you are on that roster. I think that's important. It is. I. I I value singles matches. I feel sometimes we get, a, you know, sometimes we watch episodes oh, of Dynamite yeah. where the only singles yes. match is the women's match, you know? Sometimes. Well, why can't they still have singles matches? You know, no, Moxley's I, the only guy by himself, really, right? Well, that is true uh, now, yeah. Um, I, know, he, I, it, 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 I don't know. It's nice, but sometimes when I watch and every match is a six man, eight it, man, or ten man, it's. The argument could be made, hey, it's a little redundant. Everybody's part of a thing, therefore nobody's really special. Okay, yes, but they're a new company. And because they're a new company, there's a lot of no-name talents that, no, that the mainstream fans have not seen or ever heard of before. So by putting them in a group, I don't. they can get the rub from other talents in that group that they really need. And That's to cool. counter that point, I've been watching some Attitude Era Raw, and that was a big thing in the Attitude Era. That's all it was. That's all it was, right? You had the Disciples of Apocalypse. Yes. They had a stable. It's the same thing. Dude, the whole roster, like from the beginning match always, Yes. No, and that's true, and, and I and I guess another point to counter my original thought is that was that's been some of the biggest complaint about WWE in the recent five ten years is that there's, they don't do enough stables. So I guess this is a way right. again of 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 quenching that thirst. So um, we'll talk about guys you, you know you don't know and you're trying to get exposure. Uh, yeah. Up next, we get Cody up against um, uh, Peter Avalon, pretty Peter Avalon, and yeah. uh, this one an interesting way they have a book. They have a uh, Cody uh, immediately. You know, Cody, had, I think, made this declaration earlier that he's going to beat Peter in like a minute. Right out the bat, hits 
his Cody hits his finisher on him, but then here comes Jade Cargill. Jade just stays on the stage distracting Cody. That prompts uh Peter to then get a low blow kick on a Cody. Doesn't get the two or doesn't get the victory out of it, but uh, gets the upper hand, gets some offense. This goes picture in picture for a bit. Uh, ultimately, it comes out to where Cody does um, uh, C- Cody does win by submission here. Uh, and they did eventually then say that Cody next week is going to answer uh, the words that Shaq had given uh, back in December uh, in that famous Shaq Brandy thing. So it looks like we you know, are relighting that back up. I'm in love with Jade Cargill. I think dude, she is such a freaking stud. Just like physically looking at her. I'm like, she screams main event. I don't want to oh, she's green. She can't go promos. Okay, fine. She's new. Great. I get it. Good story. But she walks through an airport. I'm sorry. She passes the Kevin Nash airport test. Everybody's going to be wanting to take pictures with her. Yes. Um, she looks like she could kick your ass. Guy or a girl, by the way. Um, she's believable as hell. And um, I don't know. I, I think that I think she's phenomenal to have. And they're lucky they got her. And uh, I hope they do something big with her. Sometimes I think to myself, like, if Vince ever watched AEW, like, who would he break his pencil? Like, why didn't we get him? And Jay oh, Cargill would be one of those. Her. Yes, 100%. 100%. Yeah, you know, Matt, you mentioned I've heard the same thing, too, of people being very critical. Oh, she can't cut a promo. She doesn't sound. Right. And it's like, you know what? You can, with the people that are there in AEW, you, you can She'll teach learn her. It. You can teach her a promo. You can't teach her that look. That's not you taught. Can't, <laughs> can't teach height, can't teach my basketball coach used to say. You can't. She's freaking tall and jacked has a great look, and she's got a presence and aura, and it's not just based on her size. She has a confidence about her that I would argue, even if she was like five foot nothing, a hundred nothing, let's say, with no muscles, I still would argue she'd have that aura. And that paper, that promo that a lot of people are getting on, that was her debut. It was a long promo that she essentially had to memorize, and it just kind of came across as she memorized it, but it, I don't think it was bad in terms of her not knowing uh, how to talk. I praised it. I dare... Exactly. I dared make the mistake on Twitter to praise it, Alfred. I got killed for it. <laughs> yeah, even here, I could definitely see with a little seasoning, she's going to be fine on the mic. That is not something that's going to hold her back that I'm concerned about at all. I do remember she's, Matt. I do remember Matt doing that. Bigger it, than it, Cody. Her, her 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 muscles are big. Like look at her leg muscles, dude. Yeah, I want her legs. I'm jealous of her legs. I do I remember. I, have no legs. I remember <laughs> Matt praising on Twitter. It was a luau on Twitter. They roasted him over the flame. <laughs> Yes. Like, did you watch the same thing we just watched? Jesus. bananas. <laughs> but I kind of agree with you, Matt. You know, then her and Brandy, they got in each other's faces, and it just felt like it felt like an authentic oh uh, of two. It felt like something. Brandy like now, real quick. That was a world beater promo by Brandy that night, though. Yes. Yeah. Holy mackerel. That was really good. Yeah. I mean, obviously, gr- great for Brandy and Cody that she's pregnant. Obviously, on the timing you know, they can't follow up with Jade and Brandy now for a yeah. while, but yeah, that was some good. Stuff. Hopefully they do. They do Jade the right way. Take, bring her along slow. The stuff with Shaq, unfortunately thrusts her to the, to the main event right away. But by the same token, I'm going to counter my own point. Actually, Jim Ross used to say this to me when I used to ask him, like when Brock was a, I was about to be sent back down to OVW because Nathan Jones had just quit. So forget winning the WrestleMania uh, tag titles at WrestleMania versus the world's greatest tag team that we were booked to be doing. So no more tag team for me. Instead, I was just going to be accompanying Brock to the ring and then wrestling on like velocity and shit like that. Right. And I said, why, why can't I just wrestle like my own matches and continue to improve? You know, why go back down to OVW? And he's like, because of your size and your look, it sticks out like a sore thumb. You, you can only be booked one way. 
you, you can't be a beginning of you uh, he can call it a current jerker, but you can't you're not gonna be booked ever as an enhancement talent. You're not gonna be the beginning of the show type of wrestler. Um, you're a main event act and we've got to get you there. Um, there is no in between. And Jade Cargo is this, I'd say the same exact thing, same thing. You have to put her in that type of a situation. She would look awkward or it would look awkward. I would say if you just put her into some meaningless storyline or let's say it's an all woman show, for example, and you booked her like on the second match, right? That, That wouldn't fit. It just wouldn't fit. It'd stick out like a sore thumb. Because she screams main event. She does. She's got a, a great look. So we'll, uh, again, I, you know, when that when that, that very first thing started early December, it seemed like, okay, we're naturally going to go down to the road of a Cody, Brandy versus Jade Shack. But now, again, with Brandy being pregnant, not able to do that, I, um, I'll i be curious to see exactly what they, you know, what the what the end game is here. Uh, backstage, we get uh, we get a showdown between FTR and the uh, 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 Jungle Boy Jurassic Express and Marco Stunt, uh, basically Jung- Jungle Boy, uh, basically challenges Dax Harwood to a one-on-one match. He knows he can beat him one-on-one. Uh, and then Jurassic, uh, or Luchasaurus, excuse me, uh, goes on to say, you know, I'll, we'll all be at ringside, but I want to make sure that nobody interferes. So here is a singles match lined up for, for next week's Dynamite. You know, Alfred, a minute ago, as we started talking about Jade, and we think about this Vince McMahon watch, if Vince ever watched AEW, he would, you know, who are some of the people that he'd go, Damn it, why don't we have them? Well, this next match is somebody oh. he actually did have. Yeah. Probably never, I, I guarantee, never, ever met him. We have John Moxley, who the advertised Moxley is going to be in a match. And he and yeah. uh, they, they, give a, they give the championship kind of introduction, uh, even though it's not a championship match, to Moxley and his opponent, Nick Camarado. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nick, you know, they even made reference on, on the commentary. They did a lot of backstory on commentary, talking about how this guy uh, trained with QT Marshalls. Jim, he, he graduated magnum cum laude. He's got a degree in accounting. Uh, all, uh, just put, putting him up, talk about how he looks like Bruiser Brody. Well, Nick was in NXT. Most people know this guy. I don't think he ever made any NXT TV, but he was part of the April releases that the company did because of the pandemic, or so they said because of the pandemic. So he never even, you know, so this is a guy, as I, I immediately sat up when I saw him because he was just such a look, and then his ring work with Moxley being intense was had my attention, and I'm just looking at him, looking at him, and I start doing some Google, and I'm like, oh, my God. You know, here we Who, are. Was he in a tag team for NXT? If he was, it, it, it was a tag team that only did the non-TV NXT circuit. Because I don't think he ever made Wednesday television. Okay, it's not who I thought it was. Okay, yeah. Um, Matt, did you see this match? What do you think? He looked great. Uh, he screamed star too. By the way, um, good. This is this was good, man. This this show. I gotta admit, like to be a talent and try to get booked on this show would be like next to impossible. Like for real. Like they are stacked, stacked. Think about it. Jurassic Express, Jungle Boy was like for the longest time when this company first started was supposed to be the future of that company. Go back and and watch it again. They were booking it like Jungle Boy one day will be the future baby face of this company. If you go back and watch it early on Um, and for good reason, he does have amazing potential and he's great. Um, But he'd been off TV for how long? Him and Jurassic Express? They were off TV for like a month, maybe a month and a half even. And I don't want to hear who dark, I mean, dynamite. It is so damn hard because they are so loaded with great talents, really good talents. And they're, they're, they're a very deep roster is what I'm getting at. And they really need another, like another show of some sort that's on a mainstream channel 
on mainstream hours, if that makes sense, mm -hmm. because they are that loaded. And um, what do you guys feel about? I love Luchasaurus. I like all big, tall guys, generally speaking, right? Especially athletic ones. I just, I'm getting bored. I'm getting sick of this stupid dinosaur shit. Um, I, it's a lot like better in front of a crowd. Huh? Better in front of a crowd, I think. He's so talented. He's so good. I like the mask. I do like the mask. Um, the green tongue, green hair, you know, stuff. It looks cool. It's dope. I just don't like, like, did you know I'm 482 years old? And, uh, like, like, I don't like that anymore. It's getting old. It's getting stale. They've got to figure something out different for him. He's got to figure it out. I don't know what it is, though, when you're booked as a dinosaur. Like, what else can you really do? I don't know what that is. Maybe he just wears some type of mask still, nonetheless. I don't know. Well, I mean, I hate to I hate to just go to the cheapest answer, but sometimes the simplest is, is the, the best. Is Okay, if he's still going to be a dinosaur, have him be a dinosaur that loses – let him be a T-Rex now. Let him, let him kill his two – have him turn on his two buddies, kill them, and go out and be a heel single star yourself. Because, yeah, that look, the mask, the tattoos, he's got something That's there. Cool. And if he's, he's going to be the dinosaur thing, fine. But hey, let, turn, turn him into a killer dinosaur now. I will add, it would be a little bit of a mistake and a little bit hasty to make any large decisions like that to Luchasaurus's character during this pandemic period. Because if you remember, when they were crowds, this guy was over than more over than. Oh, I'm not disputing crazy. him being over. Crazy for him. And so, like, yeah. I think if they were to turn him heel and then it's like you reopen, it would not be in sync with the crowds that would be coming back. So I think here's what you need to remember, though, Alfred, about the AEW fans: they pop for moves. Yeah. They ain't popping for dudes and like, yeah, I'm cheering for him because his character is freaking awesome and the storyline. They're popping for his moves, right? Uh, yeah, exactly. He's got great moves. He's got the moonsault that he does. He could kick. You know, he does all the kinds. I mean, he's not like, you know, Ric Flair, but he is very impressive in the ring for such a big guy. Definitely so, is. Stellar Justin Lopez, four ninety nine, commenting on Camarado, saying this dude reminded me of uh, Ogre from Revenge of the Nerds. I love Camarado. Sure. You could tell from them talking him up to, I mean, he took a lot of this match against a former world champion. Even when he lost, John Moxley didn't lose a match for over a year, and he won this by the skin of his teeth. It was like uh, when Andre the Giant got choked out in Princess Bride. Like, you just you got to hold on, and he barely beat him. And you could tell Nick Camaro, like, they see something in him, and I can't wait to see how he develops. Well, I'll, I'll be honest. I didn't tweet this because I didn't want to get the roast to the, uh, like, like Mac. Yeah. But there was a split second as they did the championship uh, you know, introductions to them. And then, and then the commentators immediately, they had their bullet points down of what they knew they wanted to tell you about him. I had a quick moment, of, and I said to myself, is this going to be a, 1990, a September 97 Hugh Morris versus a guy named Bill Goldberg? I was like, is that what this is going to be? Because it, it kind of had that like feeling mm -hmm. of like, is something going to pop up here? And are we, are, we about to, are we about to put a rocket in somebody new here? So that didn't happen, but it was still a great showing. And uh, it kind of falters into the fact that they tape dark six days ahead of when it airs because they showed the dark bottom line of who wins and who loses <laughs> right, right during this match or right after. And Scorpio <laughs> Sky beat Nick Camarado on the episode that aired last night. So obviously last Wednesday they didn't know they were going to put Camarado in this spot. Uh, that is a little odd if you watch both shows, but that's, that's it. So, yeah, Moxley wins by submission. So looking forward to seeing more Nick Camarado, hopefully. Uh, we didn't see um, – we get a little uh, Eddie Kingston's being interviewed. All of a sudden, Lance Archer storms in. Jake Roberts trying to hold him back, and uh, so we're going to get a Eddie Kingston versus uh, Lance Archer match next week. Um, we then see Kenny Omega show up, and he walks into the locker room. He is not aware of anything that's happened with Don Callis. He sees Callis has got a big old bruise in his eye. Callis tries to just play it off. Eventually, says no. It was it was the Bucks who did this. 
and now Omega is uh, pissed and storming out the room, and he wants to get some revenge. All right, uh, here's a six-man tag. We got Top Flight with Matt Seidel up against Private Party with Matt Hardy. Uh, <laughs> this one again, can, you know. It, can I just say something before you even say anything about the match? Yes. Just on just on paper alone, I never thought I would say this about any Hardy brother, but. I was so excited to see this until I saw Matt on it because I'm like, wow, we're going to have six all like freaking super duper athletic dudes that do some really impressive spots, some inventive spots, forward thinking spots. But again, super fast paced, super athletic. All of them have crazy sick hops. Um, we're going to see some cool. And then Matt Hardy. And I can't believe I'm saying that because like the Hardys invented this shit, essentially, like like, like in a way, right? High spots and, and forward thinking spots and stuff, you know? But that's uh, just with time, what happens, right? But uh, Matt's doing some of his best work, I will argue right now. is big money, Matt. I love this character. Yeah, of course, the, the storyline going – well, first off, Matt and, um, and Private Party, they were on Impact last night, so there's that whole thing. Going oh, on. I saw it. I, I saw it. Uh, so I think they're number one contenders for the the, the Impact tag titles, Yes, I believe. Private um, Party, yep. And so the whole gimmick here going into this match, the storyline here is Matt's trying to get Private Party to basically heal it up a little bit more and and, and take what you got to take when, when you when you can when you get it. Dude, on it really quick, on Impact last, I got to say this real quick. I, he, cut a, he cut a promo against the Good Brothers, and he says his team, <laughs> Private Party can't talk. He's like, you guys can't talk. You guys haven't earned that right yet. You guys haven't gotten tough enough yet. I'm going to do the talking for you. It was so funny. It was like such old school carny yeah. crap that would really shoot happen. That's like something like Rip Rogers would say about like me when he had a tag with me, like my very first match or something like that, you know, and that guy was like in his fifties, I think at the time. And just some totally something that an old school carny wrestler would say. And uh, I don't know. It's entertaining as shit. Uh, I'm, I'm really happy with what Matt's doing. Uh, I am too. And you're right. And, and uh, you know, you could say this, I think you could say this to both Hardys and neither would be uh, offended. Yeah. It's, it's, it says something when Matt Hardy is the least athletic in the ring of the six individuals. And I love top flight, love top flight. Sorry. So this match gets a little crazy. This is the one that JR harps on, you know, the referee Bryce. At one, at one point, somebody went to yeah. pin somebody in that and, and they, they didn't because that wasn't a legal man. And then Jim Ross, well, why the hell does it matter? And then at one point, another point, he was like, this referee can't control anything. Like, so it was getting crazy. The, the thing Dude, want- grumpy JR. I texted him this. I go, I go, grumpy JR is money. Yeah. <laughs> so the one thing I want to note before I tell you the finish uh, that I, 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 I winced at is Matt Hardy's on the outside. Matt gets some stuff done. He, then he gets to the outside. And then I think it was, I think it's Darius Martin from Top Flight. He comes going at 150 miles per hour and does a suicide dive through the middle of the rope and slams Hardy. Hardy's head hits the barricade. It looks like his knee or ankle roll, and Matt had a hell of a time getting himself back around, and I could tell that he was not 100% the rest of the match. So these young – I mean, how many – Matt's been there for like a year. I mean, these young kids are going to – between Sammy and these kids are going to kill him that they don't slow the whole (laughs) thing I know, Uh, I know. And that's not Matt's fault, but – but Bro, private, that private cute, party and Matt Hardy win dude, after private party cheats. Sorry, sorry guys. Um, oh. dude, <laughs> he really is so fast. He was like going 150 miles an hour. Like, dude, Top Flight is fucking awesome, dude. I love them. I, I just I can watch them all day. I don't care. Ooh, they're sport monkeys. Cool. I don't care. I'm entertained by it. 
I, this match on paper was going to be like rock and roll, balls to the wall, a thousand, and it did not disappoint. And we were talking about these trios team. Top Flight and Matt Siddell is right up there with another team that would be very exciting as a three-man team. They got to stop uh, beating Top Flight, really. I think they're just so talented. Yes! You can find some guys to beat. Uh, but Dude, I thought Matt Siddell should have taken it. Yeah, yeah. And I, I like the fact that private party uh, turned heel. I like that that's the direction they're going because the big money master line is very funny, but it did run the risk of making private party look like idiots if they're the, just these baby faces who are. Yes, these, yes, these, that just uh, stupidly follow him. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. You're right. But I like this. I like um, the, the ending of them turning heel. Yeah, in uh, a minute ago we were talking about Kenny Omega and uh, and and how he was dressed. We didn't talk. We didn't mention. And Callis even made note of his shoes, which will come into play here in a little bit. Uh, this comment's getting a lot of love in the chat room. Uh, NYC Demon Diva. She goes, if Breezango and the Fashion Files was still a thing, Kenny Omega would be fine for that fashion crime he committed. <laughs> That's getting a pop in the chat room. That's getting a pop in the chat room. She's over. No, she's super over. She did. Uh, she came into this. Uh, was it? I can't even talk. Podcast on uh, uh, that me and Glenn did the other night. Um, uh, funny as hell. Her, she's done some podcast stuff and some guest spots. She and that's what Glenn Glenn shared with me after the show a little bit about that because I I never heard I never uh, seen her before in, in chat because I can't see the chats right or I've never seen her on my Twitter or nothing like that. But Glenn's like she's freaking talented and she's funny. She could talk crazy shit. She's and she's, I was like we need to we need to get her ass on then, dude. <laughs> She's she's pretty, she's funny, and she's sassy. All about pro wrestling. That's a, that's a huge win in, in the state. Yes, yes. Uh, Matthew Pierce, four ninety nine. An average Wednesday is still better than a good Monday in the wrestling world. Just dropped on, guys. Thanks for the show. I'm loving right? the Omega. Matthew, one hundred percent, dude. I agree. Yes. You don't have that pit in the stomach, and all podcasters have this pit. I have now determined uh, off of Twitter. Um, everybody that covers Raw has this same pit in their stomach right around like. Seven o'clock, seven thirty-ish, I'd say, and I go, I got to eat up three hours of my life. Whereas Wednesday night, I don't know about y'all, but like from five o'clock, I start getting like pre-wrestling, you know, excited. Like I used to get, like when Monday Night Raw used to come on or Nitro came on back in the day. I love Wednesday nights. I love the con. Like I did Monday. Obviously, I did Monday's podcast this past week. I love Wednesdays in, in terms of the content, but it is, it is. It's like, hard. Yeah, having two two screens up and audio, and yes. I'm trying to I'm trying to take like trying to take little notes so I don't forget little things yeah. here. Uh, you you know, have to, it, you have to. It's it's. it's a I'm really of, waiting for. There was that time period where AEW and NXT were on on separate nights. It was so much easier to just yeah. everything that happened on both shows and not miss anything. Because I got to admit, even when we do these shows, when Justin's recapping AEW, there are sometimes small things where I, well, I missed oh, that on NXT. Dude, a hundred percent. Yes, yes. Well, here's my 2021 prediction. Sometime before this year's out, NXT will move to Tuesday nights on USA. Hey, that's the right move. That's a that's a good move. It's, it's the right help them. It's the right move, but what's and it should have already happened. But what's delaying it? And Matt, you know what I'm talking about. Now for you do too. What's delaying it is a matter of pride because oh, to yeah. Vince, to Vince yeah. and to yeah. Triple H, it's going to be a matter of well, we we were on Wednesdays first. Even those on the network, we were on You're Wednesdays right. first. So that moving is going to be a, is going to be people are going to just right. interpret that as a sign of defeat. Absolutely. He's, he's right. Yeah. That that's what's delaying the inevitable. Mm-hmm. But eventually, hopefully, I think USA might come in and say, "Look, we've seen how well you guys do when you're unopposed when AEW's been all for preempted. Just let's just get you a different night." Is the, is the chat room buzzing right now? My sweet Indiana hat I just got. I went on a trip to Indianapolis. It's pretty freaking over, isn't it? <laughs> it was, no? yeah. Nothing. Bueller. Bueller. No? <laughs> Nothing. 
I was in Indianapolis. F- cool. I love Indy. It's always a fun time. Cool people out there. Um, it was cool. Yeah. Started a new job. I um, everyone know, I don't know if everybody knows this, but as an elected official, you don't get paid bleep. Not enough to take care of your family, obviously. So many, if not all, city elected officials generally always have some type of business, whether they own their own business or they're an attorney generally. Usually, if you look it up, many are attorneys or something of that nature. So I was just checking out this uh, this company based out of Indianapolis and seeing what they were all about. But uh, fun times. They scored the- points with the wife by bringing her home uh, a V-neck Notre Dame shirt. That cost me like 46 bucks at the airport, though. What oh, the hell? Ooh, yeah, air- airport merch. Ooh. I know I'm smarter than that. Did you get the? Maybe uh, if you can answer, did did you, did you get the new gig? Like or? Oh yeah 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 yeah. Okay, great. Congratulations. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome stuff. Uh, one more super chat before we get back on to the show. Uh, Nightmare knee five dollars. People harp on the crash TV stuff, but AEW has old school feel, and I love it. Darby for president. I vote Darby for president. <laughs> <laughs> A day of president, uh, president talk, obviously dominating today's uh, timely reference. Yes, timely reference. Uh, backstage, we get uh, MJF and Wardlow. They storm into the rest of the inner circle locker room. Nothing really here, just more guys. We really don't want to have to fight all, each other, but Chris says we're going to do it. Uh, all right. Our favorite storyline Penelope Ford out there with Kip Sabian, Miro, and <laughs> Chuck Taylor, uh, or I believe Charlie, as they're referring to him. Charles. Charles, thank you, Charles. Uh, up against legit Layla Hirsch. Both girls, I thought, looked um, yep. really good. We've, we've praised Layla Hurst before. We pr- praised Penelope Ford all for different reasons. I thought they put on a good match. Uh, the only problem I had with – well, they botched the ending. They basically tried to have um, – they, they tried to come in and hold – they tried to have – I think I think it was Kip tried to hold down uh, Layla Hurst's foot. He ended up actually like putting her foot on the rope, which that would have actually broken up the pin. But they called it a three. It, again, JR, <laughs> I don't know what the hell happened. <laughs> Uh, so uh, Penelope Ford gets the win, but then the shenanigans after the fact is Orange Cassidy sitting in the crowd. Miro gets on the mic, and he's telling uh, Charles, you have to tell him that Miro is your best friend. Tell him right now. And so he does it originally. <laughs> he tells him that Miro is his best friend, and Orange Cassidy sulks off. <laughs> okay, on paper, that sounds corny as shit, obviously. But I did laugh at it for what it's worth. I thought I did pop. And by the way, Penelope Ford is a much bigger star than that company has been using her as. We said it from the I think our first singles match she had that she's got everything, especially for a WWE uh, 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 female star. I would argue the, all the boxes that Vince usually checks off, right? Um, but in AEW, so I hope they start using her. I don't. I think she's much more, not just talented, but more worth more to that company. Actually, N- not just coming out with freaking Kip Sabian. Nobody. I, no offense to Kip Sabian. He's a talented wrestler. He's athletic, but nobody cares about him. Nobody cares about him. He's just another short, athletic kid on that roster. Okay, Penelope Ford, in my opinion, is a star. Okay, Rusev is a star. Sorry, can't call him Rusev anymore. But like, I, I think he. Putting both either of those two with Kit, I think, brings them both down. Well, he's a he's a short athletic guy who's marrying up. Their wedding is in two weeks, by the way, on TV. I've heard that. Yeah, great. Then after that, then like I don't know, I don't know. 
Yeah, as much as we were talking about uh, Jade Cargill being just this monster who's a head turner, there is a head turning quality also to Layla Hirsch for the opposite reason that she's so short, but she's, she's such a badass. What? so good at being convincing in that role that that does kind of get my attention in terms of wow who is this a person i really think there's more of her that's it see see now there's a great example of somebody who isn't you know oh, matt you're a heightist or some shit like that they'll say oh matt you only care you only think if you're tall that that makes you a star no i don't i said that you have to have something about your aura about you that makes people want to turn their heads and double take yeah, at you you just said darby's a star she, and he's like five six a buck yeah. fifty Darby definitely has that. In spades, he has that. So does Layla Hirsch. So does she. She's freaking pretty jacked, too, for the record. Yeah. Like, uh, um, wasn't she like a power lifter, they were saying, or something like that? Yeah, or she's was, an yeah. amateur wrestler, too, right? Yeah. Amateur wrestler. Like, so, so, so there's that legit thing that she has about her as well. She, she's a star in the making, too, big time. Yeah, I mean, that, I think they, when they call her legit Layla Hirsch, I think that, that front flip she did off the top rope of the yeah. outside. Oh, my God. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. I, you know, I mean, look, obviously Penelope in real life is with Kip. So, I, you know, whether or not they would split them up on the storyline, I don't yeah, know. No, but this, but this I, I can't believe I'm saying this because I'm such a huge fan of Miro. This makes the stuff with Lana and Bobby Lashley look like a top-rated soap opera. Seriously. <laughs> I know. I feel bad for him, man. Or maybe I don't feel bad for him. He should have the ability to like voice his opinion. He's a big star. And that's the thing. We all felt bad, and we all went, "Oh, boo, poor Rusev," because we knew that he had no control. It was, it was, it was a, you know, he was right. being told by the office, "This is what you're going to do. Go out there and yes. do it because you, you need to get paid." Yes. But we all have this understanding. We think of AEW to where it is a mo- lot more collaborative, free flowing, progressive. There are no writers, so like, if he's if if he's contributing, right. if these are some of his ideas, if if he thinks this looks good, ugh. And that might not be out of the question, because if you remember, he was defending this wedding angle. I don't know if he was just oh. a WWE soldier, but he was out on Twitter in interviews saying how good this was, how it did well for ratings. So this might be his idea for all we know. Yeah, yeah maybe. And I, 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 and I love Miro. Don't get me wrong. I love Miro. But this, I, I'm not excited when I see this on TV. Uh, all right, back, backstage, we get more craziness. Uh, the Good Brothers are beating up Penta. They're beating up Penta. They're throwing them all around. And then here comes Kenny Omega and Don Callis. And then Omega shows up, and he pulls off. This this big fancy boot that he's got on, and he starts sticking the steel tip point of the boot uh, into Penta's eye hole awesome. uh, of his mask, and uh, they're, they're just beating the hell out of him. That was and, good. Uh, yeah, and ultimately this ends up leading to their announcement. Um, I believe in two. I believe at their beach brawl show they have in a couple weeks. The main event is going to be uh, uh, Omega and the Good Brothers up against Moxley and. Uh, is it the, Penta, is it Penta and Phoenix. Yeah. yeah. Dude, this was great. This was old. I love the old school uh, uh, twist in this. This is Dusty, you know, uh, uh, with the Road Warrior spike, you know, to the Like, this was dope. I like this. Made Kenny look vicious. Which he, yeah, keep doing that. Keep doing yes. That. They need to keep doing it. Yes, sir. Yep. All right. Main event time. Chris Jericho and MJF versus Santana and Ortiz versus Sammy Hagar. And we got a cameo from Sammy Hagar who filmed a, a quick little thing. But I guarantee has not watched one second of AEW, but Jericho no, called it a favor. Not. <laughs> but Jericho's over and he got that. I, I pop for that. Um, so that, that's what we got here. The, the three-way uh, tag team match. Again, the, the idea is whoever wins is going to be the official tag team. It's going to move forward and challenge for tag titles here in AEW. 
this was good. You know, uh, tri triple threat tag teams can be tricky because, like, how do you get somebody from the third team to tag in? You would not in the right mind go and tag one of them because then that takes you out of being able to win the match. So these guys did a very good job of getting themselves tagged in, um, doing some different spots, building the animosity here. Uh, uh, ultimately, it came down to where with a little bit of, with Wardlow uh, causing a distraction, getting hit on the apron. Ultimately, MJF got to roll Sammy up and pulled the tights for the one, two, three. So Jericho and MJF won. There really wasn't much more than this because they were so crunched on time. They literally got the one, two, three in, and they had seven seconds to go yeah. until they had to get off the air. So uh, I, I looked at the clock, and I was like, and I'm watching the referee, Aubrey Edwards, and I can see her scrambling, talking to everybody like, yeah. let's go. Uh, but they got it in. So MJF and Chris Jericho are your winners uh, and are going to be the tag team of so the inner circle. Hey, I had to change the wires on my phone. I apologize, my charger. Really quick, if you can hear me, guys. Um, Big props to Aubrey. I, I was watching that part, actually, and I, I did try to go back and rewind it again. Aubrey deserves a lot of credit, dude. What she did tonight is the type of shit that Earl Hebner used to do back in the day and, and other top officials that have been in the business for many, many years. Um, How effortless I thought she did that, that actually was really well done. I know we saw that, right? But yes, Justin, you've done a couple. You've done a couple things, right, in wrestling in the past. So, like you understand the the yeah. importance of utilizing the referee. She did a phenomenal job with that at the end of this tonight, and I just wanted to give her props for it. I absolutely agree with that, Matt. And you know, yeah, me do. I've you know, I've done some of the manager spot, and I can tell you, I absolutely know. Uh, in the few companies I work with, which ref I want and which ref I don't want, uh, in terms of like. Yeah making sure that w everybody's where they need to be when it's time to be. And I, I think Aubrey out of the referees they have not counting the so brief cameo that Mike Kyoto did with them. Aubrey's right. the best ref they have. Not even close. Yeah. She's clearly the best ref. They put her in the main event. And, and I think, I think, um, I think WWE went after her and I don't think, well, obviously she didn't sign, but she I mean, had she, a tryout. She had a tryout as a wrestler. Oh, was it? Was that what it was? Yes. She had a tryout as a wrestler, actually, and it, it didn't work, you know, but they thought about having her be a referee or some shit like that, and she learned how to be a referee, something like that. But they, she definitely was at the tryout camp as a wrestler at first. Okay. One thing I've heard is that she is that she likes, and this would make sense from what we've seen, is that you know, she's more than just a referee. They have her doing the podcast with Tony Schiavone, the official AEW podcast. I, I, I guess she has a her. Yeah, she has a background in, I guess, uh, video game creation. Obviously, they're they're getting in the video game market. So, you know, this seems like it's a really great situation for her. She's getting to be more than just a ref, but she is the best ref they have. Mm -hmm. By far. You talk about Grumpy JR. Um, at the 7 o'clock hour, he's just like, is the TV time remaining? We got to go home. This has got to end right now. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. JR gives no Oklahoma Fs. Nope. <laughs> just let him do that it really is a charming thing to see yeah like i love jr all right uh so that was aew dynamite um uh you know a, a good show i'll be very interested to see uh how it and nxt performed last week both shows were drastically down because of the, the news that dominated last week when, with impeachments and stuff obviously tonight with all the inauguration and and and, and hoopla you know, we'll be curious to see if, if the quality of what we think these shows translates into the viewership. But uh, check Wrestling Inc. tomorrow, right about 4 p.m. Eastern is usually when we have those 
numbers uh, coming in. Uh, Alfred, let's go ahead and over to the NXT world. Sure, we get NXT. Um, you're talking about the inauguration, Justin. Uh, the first image we get, Beth Phoenix is a return to the commentary table. And you can't tell me this wasn't a troll job, at least subtly. She has this line where she goes, I'm so excited to witness history today. It's the first ever women's Dusty Classic. And, uh, you know, I thought they were talking about something else in terms of history. But nope, it's a women's Dusty Classic. But we start with Gargano and Theory, The Way versus Kushida and Leon Ruff. Uh, this was actually a really good match. Uh, a lot of action here. Uh, this was a night of upsets. Uh, Kushida, I thought, looked incredible in this match, especially starting with his comeback. He ran wild. Uh, it comes down to Gargano and Kushida in the final sequence, and Kushida hits a bridge suplex on Gargano and pins him clean in the middle. So the story is this is the second time that Kushida has defeated the North American champion, uh, Johnny Gargano. So we are headed to a few between the two for that championship. But I was pretty surprised that the way is out in the first round to this kind of mishmash tag team with Kushida and Ruff, Matt. So, so, so real quick, many people are going to speculate and say the obvious, which is they're tipping their hand essentially that they're building Kushida to win this title from him. I will make the counterpoint that, nope, they're using it as bait. And where we normally should get on the company for having the champions lose uh, non-title matches, and that's a, a generally a bad idea. Um, for Johnny Gargano, it works perfectly for him to lose every non-title match that he's in and then somehow cheats and does whatever he needs to do in a title match situation to continue to retain that title and continue to beat on his chest afterwards, even though he just lost like five matches in a row, let's say, yeah. or, or whatnot. It'll work great for Johnny. Johnny has to keep that title. He makes that title right now, in my opinion. And I, again, I have to eat my words. I didn't think he could pull off the heel stuff. He's killing it, though. He's crushing this. Yeah, I mean, Johnny, in a way, can have a little bit of that classic Ric Flair formula and the fact that Johnny's so good in the ring. R Ric Flair and somehow lost every night, and he still was a champion the next morning. You know what I mean? Like that, the, Johnny can. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Johnny, John, Johnny's going to be Johnny wrestling no matter what. So I thought this was a great way to get Kushida and Ruff. Uh, a shine they both both of them at, at, when they celebrated the thing i wrote down in my notes here was nxt not raw and smackdown nxt is so good at making stars from scratch they, i agree you know and, and kushida had injury which kept halting things but now he's been you know knock on wood here healthy they yep. make stars there and, and yeah i saw people panic i saw people say oh this must mean that johnny's gonna go to the royal rumble and raw and smackdown because that's in a few weeks guys look look at the bracket uh, Whoever won this match was going to go up against the grizzled uh, veterans. Yeah, grizzled young vets. Kushida and Ruff make more sense to go up against them. So that's I, I don't yeah I don't read anything more into this other than this is a great chance to get these two younger guys over in Kushida and Ruff. Good point, Justin. We go to a Pete Thank Dunn. you, Matthew. This was very well done. Uh, Pete Dunn just backstage and or it's kind of like a pre-tape promo where he says uh, him and Finn are cut from the same cloth that he left Europe, but he built an entire brand in Europe. Uh, he hates being compared to Finn Balor. Him and Finn Balor is inevitable. History is going to speak well of you, but it's going to speak better than me. Uh, you're just somebody who's going to be taking part of my legacy. Very, very strong words. And really good promo from Pete Dunn. Uh, so they're building that feud between Dunn and Finn Balor. And then we get a backstage segment. Go ahead, Matt. Would you say this is Pete Dunn's best promo? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. For my money as well. I thought the same thing tonight. Sorry. Yeah. I yeah, wrote I'm down excited. main event. I wrote down main event promo. Incredible. Granted, it's pre-taped and it might have took a hundred takes. Who the hell cares? We see the final take. This is the kind of these were the kind of sound bites and intensity that goes on a WrestleMania package. That's what this was. 
That's, that's exactly what I learned about it. And sound bites. It was very quick. As quickly as I delivered that, that's about how long it was. But it got in a lot of information. It told you a story. Yeah. It built a feud. It was incredible. Hey, I believed him. I believe yeah. he believed that. I believe he believed what he said tonight. Yeah, I think he legitimately hates Finn Balor. Like he, <laughs> yes. And he says, "I don't like being compared to you." That's like kind of. Yes. Uh, we get Tyler Rust and Malcolm Bivens backstage. Tyler Rust has kind of gone off on his own and made a match between him and Bronson Reed. And Bivens is not happy about this. Uh, then we go to Karrion Cross versus Ashanti the Adonis, who has Desmond Troy in his corner. Doesn't matter. He gets massacred as you thought he would. Desmond Troy gets massacred for his trouble. So they are now building Karrion Cross as the next challenger up. Uh, for the NXT Championship, uh, then we get a backstage uh, segment. Uh, quick, on, the, on that, on that, on that match, real quick, Alfred. Uh, who was the cross? Who was the cross massacred? Give his name. Uh, the Adonis. Yeah. Okay. I, I didn't. I, I didn't catch his name. But again, my note from this one was uh, credit to him and the female ref. I think her name is Asia. Yeah. But credit to, credit to them on the cell job because if you watch this match. Cross delivered some brutal suplexes that landed, you know, what, what made it appear that he landed uh, uh, on his neck. And Adon- like, dude was selling and, and she was going to him and even pushing Cross back like she was trying to do like the, the hand check to see like, hey, are you actually yeah. okay? It all yeah. was. They, they did the whole stretcher gimmick post-match. But credit to this kid who's only been on 205 Live, I think, and to the ref who really made me actually feel like, holy shit, carrying He's Cross del- delivered this move too aggressively and, and killed this kid. Yeah. We get a backstage promo from uh, MSK just explaining their origin, showing some highlights from last week. I thought this was very good. They're doing good. <laughs> um, I'm sorry. Then we get another backstage segment with Mercedes Martinez and Tony Storm. They're just cutting a promo about how they're going to win the Dusty Rhodes Women's Cup. Uh, then we get into Lucha House Party versus Imperium. Uh, this was a lot of fun. Uh, some ba- uh, double team moves, a lot of fast paced action. Uh, there was like a Canadian destroyer from a drop kick by Lucha House Party. The finish came when Grand Metaliki hit a moonsault to the outside of Bartel, leaving Lince Dorado and Fabian Eichner in the ring. Dorado hits a super kick, a shooting star. Lucha House Party wins. And after this match, Alexander Wolf resurfaces at the top of the stage. And so we- it looks like we're getting a little bit of an Imperium reunion. All right. So, Alfred, you're literally the only person in the history of professional yeah. wrestling that. <sighs> Gave Alexander Wolf like a high pitch. It's Alexander Wolf. Yeah, I was surprised to see him. I'm not like excited. I'm just saying, wow, of all people you expected to see on this show, Tony Schiavone. Like, like, it's no. Alexander <laughs> Wolf. Yeah, no, no, no. Like it was Lex Luger at the fucking mall in Minneapolis, wherever the fuck it's called. A nitro. You know what I mean? It was much bigger than that, Matt Morgan. Bobby much- Heenan. <laughs> Bobby, Bobby Heenan. It, it's a public mall. He can be here. <laughs> biggest moment of wrestling with Alexander Wolf. Oh, I can't wait to see how they follow up on this. I, I, I mean, I feel I feel bad because the guy's tried for many years. He has, and it just hasn't stuck. Things that, you know, th- this is probably his the best use for him. But no offense to him, that in Imperium, he's just one of the three other dudes that all blend in as one to me. Walter's a stud, obviously, yeah. right? He's the only one that stands out. Yeah. This- I'm a huge fan. I know Matt's not as big of a fan of the. So I'm a big fan of the Lucha House Party, the, the, the offense, the innovative offense they do. And look, I know sometimes I get a little, I get a little Jim Ross on some of the AEW crazy innovative offense, but it is because there is no structure or there is no tags or no respect for the rules. But I think Lucha House Party does it great within the rules of what WWE is going to enforce. 
I, I can't say enough good things about them. I'm so glad they won. Yeah, and, and I, right, like Matt said, Imperium, they did some great stuff. It, t- you know, it took two to tango. They were a great uh, team here. And, and these guys are talented bell to bell. But as, like Matt said, Walter is the star of this group. He was the definition of this group. And unfortunately, due to the, you know, the pandemic and travel restrictions, uh, you can see him on NXT UK. So it's great. But they, they've lost that huge hand of his uh, in, in, in the American NXT to book him. Do you think this is kind of a hint that Walter may be back sooner than later if they're bringing – I mean, nobody's here for Alexander Wolf and Imperium, but if they have three, there's only one more left. I don't th- – until until we get a better – until things get better in, in the country in terms of the situation, I, I don't think so because I, I think even prior to the pandemic, things I'd heard was Walter did not have an interest of like – no permanently relocating to Orlando and, 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 and doing that shtick. He, you know, he obviously he wants to be in the company, but he, he, he didn't, that that's not what he wanted. So the fact that I, yeah, I just don't see that. I don't, I don't, I don't see a situation where they somehow get him over to the States and then he can't go back over to across the pond for X amount of months because of the rules of the world right now. So I, I don't think so. So then we get into the inaugural Dusty Rhodes Women's Classic. Uh, They really put a lot behind in terms of production-wise. They've got all the women on the stage. They have Beth Phoenix. She cuts this promo mentioning NXT alumni like Bailey, Sasha Banks, Carmella, Shayna Baszler, Asuka, how they went on to main event pay-per-views in WrestleMania. Uh, She announces the first four competitors of the NXT Dusty Rhodes Women's Classic, and that would be Casey Catanzaro and Caden Carter versus Mercedes Martinez and Tony Storm. Now, this was... An okay match. It was what it was going to be. Um, you know, Casey Catanzaro was pretty green. She didn't get a lot of ring time, but she does have potential. But I will say this is her best match, and she might have had the highlight of this entire show because the finish came. She's getting ragdolled. She spends a lot of time in this match. Uh, uh, but then Io Shirai hits the ring and throws Mercedes Martinez on the announce table, so she's taken care of. Uh, Tony Storm is alone with Caden and Casey. Caden sweeps uh, Tony Storm, and then the spotlight gets on Casey Catanzaro who hits one of the craziest, I can only describe this as like a red arrow on crack, uh, where she just lands on her back with this incredible flip on Tony Storm. It didn't look pretty painful on Tony Storm, I will admit. I think the fact that she's green kind of added to it and made it look more violent. But this is an incredible move that you just have to go back and watch. And Casey Canzero and Caden Carter win this match against Mercedes Martinez and Tony Storm. Forget the 450s, forget the seven. 30s forget the 920s forget the 1080s forget the 1080p this was like a 1450 she i I try going back real quick and slowing it down and watching i could not keep up even in slow motion with the rotations that she had i don't know what she did but it this and uh the other thing i'll say is that like you know casey and um uh her partner uh uh, moon ember ember oh ember Okay, I'm sorry. I, I like the fact that it was matching. I like the fact that it was matching. Um, I like the ring gear. The fact that it, it, it looks like if you're in a tag team tournament, it looks like a tag team. You know, it, it, you know. So I like. I'm not, I'm big on that. That's a weird thing, but I'm big on that. But yeah, no, this was. I'm huge on that too. That, that makes them look like a tag team. Couple super chats real quick here. Um, it's Z five dollars. Why does Vince feel the need to call up someone to gut and make them crappier versions of themselves? Change their music, wrestling styles, promos. Um, well, I mean, you know, look, you know. You can talk about a Keith Lee, for example. Obviously, you know, ring gear change, music change. It, it the only way to explain it. I know it's hard for us because we're not there, but it's like 
they exist the way they exist in NXT, and and they're again, it's it's that seems like it's a more free flowing collaborative, and Triple H runs things differently. But once then Vince gets them, if he feels like that's, I don't want you're a big black man with no shirt on. That doesn't look good. I want you to put a. If if he thinks that that somehow is going to improve this character, he's going to do that. Even though everybody else could be going, what are you doing? He looks like that's he's fine, or his music's fine, or what whatever. But it's Vince's product. If if he thinks something, I mean, the guy's a seventy something year old man. I mean, he he's done tremendous things in the business. But it, it's not to say that he's the most in touch with what the audience wants right now. But if he says it. There's nobody to veto him. And we were also talking about pride. This is a man of tremendous pride. This is the greatest promoter of all time and a master marketer. So when he sees somebody come in, if they were to just come in with what they already had and absolutely let the world on fire, which Keith Lee could have done, then it's like Vince would probably be in a position like, well, what the hell does he need me for? Like, I had nothing to do with this. So Vince always kind of has to have his hands in. If nothing else, like he can kind of put the Vince McMahon WWE stamp on it. Exactly. Uh, another one, Steve Marcacilli, 499. Given Cross big money feature, do you book him to bulldoze whoever wins Balor versus Dunn at NXT WrestleMania weekend? Well, Steven, I, I I don't know if Balor versus Dunn is what – I mean, I don't know. But they still have a pay-per-view and they're going to do in February. So um, we'll I would. The answer to that question is yes for me. I would not, if, especially if it's Pete Dunn. I just think – I like Karrion Cross. I think he's a star. I like what they're doing with him. But I just think this is one of those things. This is trending to be Pete Dunn's year. He is just – Hitting on all cylinders. Karrion Cross just goes back, so he's kind of working himself back into shape, working himself back into being the monster he was before. I'm just looking at Pete Dunn like, man, this guy is such money. If he wins that title, I think they should just let him run with it. And But, you know, it's okay. not very funny. Here's the problem. Pete Dunn is incredibly short, right? You can't have him anywhere near a Karrion Cross or somebody like that if he's going to be your champion. They've got to be smart with how they book Pete Dunn. Um, do you know what I'm saying? Like, like... It's hard to explain. What were you saying about Taz earlier? Like Pete Dunn, when you say he's short, is the first time I've ever even thought about him as being short because he talks, walks, and acts like he's like to your words. All of that is all legit true, okay? And I'll give Taz as my I'll still use Taz as my example. What happened when Taz went to WWE? Land of the Giants. Yeah. Where they did not protect him like Paul Heyman did. Paul was very smart with how he booked Taz. He didn't put him in the ring with friggin' monsters. Closest thing to a monster was Mike Awesome, who was a legit monster. But um, other than that, that's really it as far as tall people go. Well, well, they put Taz. You remember they put Taz. One of the biggest uh, adversaries Taz had to go against was the Beast from the East Bay at Bigelow. And what stunt did they pull? They had Taz suplex, Bam Bam, and had the ring break. Yes. They did. They did things yes. to highlight. Holy so shit, Taz. two people. So so two people. You know what I mean? Like that's how you book. A, that's how I would book a Pete Dunne. Exactly like that. I'm not saying he is. You don't make him a champion. You make him champion. Okay. But you're very smart with how you book them. That's all. Here's what I want with with uh, I'm a I'm a big carry. When every time Carrying Cross comes on NXT, uh, I I I mute AEW. My volume goes to NXT for this. I I want to see the entrance. I want to see everything. Uh, I want to see first off. I want to see What's his your NXT. favorite part of the entrance, real quick, Justin. What's your favorite part? I love the whole damn thing. The the, the Scarlet is a tremendous. Uh, the whole thing's great. I want to see this entrance with fans. I can't wait until they get fans that can react to and give oh, a yeah. shit chant to it. Going back to the last super chat, one of my worries is that Karrion Cross is going to get quickly scooped up by Vince. That could be, and, yeah, that could be right. Have we never seen the Karrion Cross entrance with fans? Never. I no. don't think about that. 
Wow. Karrion wow. Cro- Cross debuted in NXT last spring. That's so. right. It was during the pandemic. Wow. Yeah, we've never yeah. seen, we've never, the, all that's been has been a little pod of whatever those, you know, friends and family are. And uh, by the way, for those of you who don't know, Casey Conzero, to my knowledge, is dating a uh, Ricochet. So if they have a kid, my goodness, the, the athlete they will have with that Holy child. Holy crap, right? Will, uh, oh, Olymp- Olympic athlete in the waiting. Easily. <laughs> well, Easily. Right. He'll be born onto a 400-yard dash. <laughs> we go to um, a backstage promo. Um, oh, well, before that, it's Finn Balor goes to uh, William Regal's locker room, and he uh, demands to have Oni Lorcan and Danny Birch, but uh, William Regal suggests that he has a tag team partner. Finn says he only has enemies, and Regal says keep your enemies closer. And then we get a backstage promo where um, McKenzie is about to make some announcement, and Casey and Caden interrupt her, and they're just booting and cheering about winning and celebrating, and then McKenzie sends it back. Doesn't I don't think she made her announcement. I don't know what she was going to say. Uh, and then we get uh, Bronson Reed and Tyler Rust. Uh, so this is an okay match. It was pretty short. We cut to a brawl backstage between Tony Storm and Io Shirai. Uh, mm-hmm. They gave Rust something. You know, Rust hit a top rope, assisted Samoan drop, but that's about all. Reed hit his big splash, and he won the match. Uh, Matt, what did you think about this match? It was solid. It was good. It wasn't, you know, didn't think it was like some drop-dead amazing match, but it was good. Yeah, it was what it was. I like the finish. I love the big splash from Bronson Reed. I like how he's a big. He, I like how he's um, a big, a big man Vader kind of guy. Um, I, I do too. I do think though, for certain, nobody clicked the channel to go check NXT. You know what I mean? If they checked NXT, they immediately went back to AEW. In my opinion. Yeah. Well, to, well, I think to be fair to that point, Matt, because I think that's actually a really good analysis. I think when this was happening, they were opposite the women of AEW, which that's been and uh, the ratings. Yeah. That's been the regularly it's been the weaker spot so i don't think these two women tonight i don't i hope hope. Um, we get a backstage finn balor goes into the undisputed era's locker room and it looks like he's going to be teaming with kyle o'reilly to take on oni um and danny birch Uh, then we go back into the arena for what was my favorite segment justin you were talking about how nxc makes stars out of scratch my goodness uh this freaking santos escobar comes out and he looks like a champion. He's dressed like a yeah. champion. He's got the Cruiserweight yeah. Championship. He's cutting this promo about how he is the champion of champions. He doesn't have to conquer a curse like Johnny Gargano. He doesn't have a glass jaw like Finn Balor. Karrion uh, Cross didn't even make his first title defense. And he's got this excellent bar where he said that NXT Championship uh, isn't the only chip that he has on his shoulder, which is so brilliant in so many ways that we don't even have time to get to. He goes in the ring, Legato Del Fantasma is waiting for him hand and foot, and he says, these guys are going to win the Dusty Classic, and then we're going to all be the champions of champions. And before we get to anything else that happened in the segment, I just think, I just decided this is the greatest Cruiserweight champion in the history of WWE NXT, and I just mean that strictly from he defends a title, he cuts promos, he's got a stable, and this guy just, he put this title on the same level of the NXT championship by just kind of calling out the other champions, and for a second I forgot that he was even the Cruiserweight champion. I'm just thinking, like, this guy... Seems like he should be the number one contender. I absolutely love this. Well, what did you guys think about this? He, he he did he did give that title a lot more importance tonight. He absolutely did because he gave he gave off an aura of a heavyweight champion in that promo tonight. I thought I, I really did. He's really talented, really good. Yeah, when you think of cruiserweight champion, you think the champion of the diminutive small guys. Yes, but he comes off as larger than life. He comes off as the he definitely does. He he comes off in a better way 
than what I think they aim for Alberto Del Rio to come off because it's the same kind of similar aristocrat kind of I'm, I'm better than all of you gimmick. Um, and I'll tell you what, uh, uh, Joaquin Phoenix, I always want to call him DJZ or Shima Zion. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Joaquin and, and the other guy, I'm sorry, other guy, I'm sorry <laughs> if I have heat with you, I don't remember your name, but, but him and the other guy next week. In the tournament bracket, up against Lucha House Party, holy shit! That's, no, that's really crazy. Incredible. That's really okay. Crazy. I'll even admit that. Yes, it will. It's going to be pretty crazy. Yep, that's going to get nuts. And uh, so, yeah, then we get Lucha House Party. They jumped in. They brawled, and uh, uh, then uh, what's this? <laughs> Kurt Stallion hits the ring uh, to make the save. And backstage, they set up Kurt Stallion versus. Uh, Santos Escobar for the Cruiserweight Championship. Now watch Santos Escobar lose this title right after I put him over like this. But uh, yeah, we're going to get Kurt Stallion versus Santos Escobar for the uh, NXT Cruiserweight Championship. I'm here for it. Sorry, Ra- Raul Mendoza is the name. Raul Mendoza, believe. yes. Thank, yeah. thank, you. thank you, chat room, for uh, for correcting me. I, uh, Ra- Raul, I'm sorry if you see this. Uh, real quick, Stella Justin Lopez, 999. With Mania being two nights again, what do you guys think about the emerging takeover the two nights? Uh, it'll give guys like Gargano, who has no desire to be in the main roster, a WrestleMania match. I, I'll just throw out there, they don't have enough room for it. They have too much going on in Raw and SmackDown. They're not going to have room for that. What do you mean? The two ni- Wait, they're saying NXT is going to have two nights? No, no. It, WrestleMania is going to be two nights, Saturday right? and Sunday. So right, he's, saying, he's saying, what if they basically make one of the nights uh, half, like put some takeover ma- NXT takeover matches as part of WrestleMania on one night? Ooh. I, I want to see that. I would like to see a lot of them get that opportunity because I felt they've earned it, um, especially the women's division of that uh, particular league, AEW, I mean, NXT. But huh, you're right, Justin. It's going to be too damn long. And by the way, I did say Joaquin Phoenix. I think it's like Joaquin Wild. I, I might say Joaquin, Joaquin Wild. I, I know I, I, I did not even have anything wrong with that when you said it, by the way. I didn't even notice. Here's, the thing. here's the thing. When I started in wrestling and working like doing the Indies uh, 11 years ago, I like traveled with, again, he was, he, you know, he, he was uh, Zima he, Ion. He was Shima Zion. Then he was Zima Ion when he got the impact. Like, so he was S H I M A, correct? Yeah. S H I M A. He had the hairspray gimmick. I, 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 like, I, I've, I don't know. I, I I know so many names by him. I can't keep track. Yes, it's Joaquin yeah, Wild. It's such a unique name that you're bound to say Joaquin Phoenix and just Joaquin Phoenix. One of the if I text him this clip right now, he'll pop that I call him Joaquin Phoenix. <laughs> the Joker. Yeah. Uh, we go to backstage with Drake Maverick, Killian Dane. Drake Maverick actually cuts a really good promo when Killian Dane just goes, hey, that was pretty good. Slaps him on the back. Uh, then we go to, uh, that's when Escobar puts the title on the line against Kurt Stallion. And then the main event Real quick on Escobar, uh, sure. combo breaker, $1.99. Buddy Murphy called out Escobar on Twitter. That's interesting. Didn't know that. Oh, interesting. Well, where has Buddy Murphy and Aaliyah been? What, what happened to that storyline? That was – Yeah. I don't know, yeah. but I saw – I had a headline alert today that apparently Rey Mysterio said in some interview – it sounded like a, like a, like a, a mainstream interview – that he, like, hinted towards – betrayal in the 2021 royal rumble so like is he gonna turn on his son like are he and his son gonna be in the rumble like is is, is buddy murphy gonna be yeah in there? Like, so he'll, pro- he'll probably throw his dad out which is that's cool wow that'll be interesting so we get thatcher versus champa in the fight pit uh, i really like this this was uh they had virtual fans in the background for this uh so they start uh atop the pit and wrestled a lot of the early parts of the match on top uh, then they finally worked their way down to the bottom 
Uh, the story of this match is essentially Thatcher working over at Tommaso Ciampa's left hand. Uh, it gets to the point where they're just slugging it out toward the end. Uh, Ciampa rams Thatcher's skull against the steel and hits the fairytale ending. It looks like this will be the finish. Uh, Ciampa slaps on the rear naked choke, and Thatcher fights out of it, and he slaps on a modified stretch muffler against the cage, and Tommaso Ciampa taps out, and Timothy Thatcher wins the match inside his fight pit. So he's 2-0, undefeated in his fight pit. And I think uh, did a lot of good for Timothy Thatcher based on how he's been booked in this feud, uh, losing twice to Tommaso Ciampa. I did not. Li- I don't like Ciampa losing. I-, I think he's such a much bigger star. Um, and I just assume this angle was an angle for him just as a holding place for him right now until they figure out what they're doing with Finn Balor, with the title and everything. Then eventually he gets that title back. I see him as a heavyweight champion for NXT. I, I know people might think I'm overrating him. But I think the world of him uh, as a main event talent for NXT. So I love the intros to this. I love them walking up these long steps to get to this top catwalk of this this pit. Uh, I love the spotlight on them, and they had the big screen right in the middle of them with the rules. Um, yeah, it, it felt it felt big league. Um, it did. It did. Yeah, I, I was a fan of this. Um, I, I I I share in some of Matt's comments with. Not wanting to see Champa lose, but at the same time, you know Thatcher won the first version of this match against uh, Riddle, and it kind of felt like as I watched Thatcher, you know, red and beaten and and just w- went through the ringer, and, it, and they said he's undefeated in this fight pit. I kind of oh. felt I kind of felt this like okay, if he's going to be in NXT for a while, um, you know, easy on the comparison, but the kind of the way that uh, Undertaker commands a hell in a cell, maybe this is like Timothy Thatcher's match, and we make it a thing of like you got to get through Thatcher in the fight. Okay, but like I don't give a shit about Timothy Thatcher, I, so I don't care what his match is. I just, I cannot. I know I'm by myself on this. I know nobody. Most of the fans dig him. I don't know what I'm what he's missing for me to come over and like like watch his and like his shit. I just don't like his shit. I don't know how to explain explain it any other way. <laughs> I completely get it. He is an acquired taste in that he's this catch-as-catch-can wrestler. But they all love him. All my fans on Twitter love him. You know, like, I feel like I'm the only one that doesn't. Yeah, I wouldn't say I don't love him. I I do like Timothy Thatcher, uh, but I like him for his character and for his talking. I really like the character, Timothy Thatcher. Maybe his wrestling isn't my favorite to watch, but I do like how he's a convincing, tough guy. Yeah, he's like... He is convincing. Yeah, he's like the... You know, like we like we saw with the William Regals, uh, the war. He's he's got that he's got that uh-huh. Brit, he's got like that British toughness mixed with this MMA flair, and this match is an MMA flair. It's like a you know, Matt, I agree. He he's not somebody who necessarily you think is going to talk me in the building, and I don't think live promos he does. But the sit down pre produced stuff they did with he and Champa, like the one that, that the thing they aired last week, again with given time to like. Uh, feed him lines and feed him good sound bites. One of the easiest things to do as a pro wrestler, dude, is to be given that be given that opportunity to treat your match like a real sport. It's it's so simple when you're able to do it that way. I'm not saying his promo wasn't good because of that. I'm not saying that at all. Sure. But like most wrestlers, like that was always my dream. My Matt, that's why my build versus Kurt Angle at TNA it was like a six month storyline to build to get to Kurt Angle bound for glory. All my promos were sport-based. I was in the gym working out. I had improved my cardio, right? So they showed me like in a hyper, what's it called? Uh, hyperbaric, hyperbaric cardio. 
yeah, chamber cardio machine trying to legit improve my lung capacity because I knew I was in for at least a 20 minute match versus Kurt. And I've never been in a long t- match like that. My matches were generally about 10, 12 minutes tops. Um, so we treated it like a shoot, like a real sport. And, and what I was doing to change my body to get in the high, lose weight, get a little bit even leaner to the point where it's almost skinny, I would say, but to improve my cardio, because that's what I thought I was going to take to beat Kurt Angle, right? So it was treated like a real sport. And when they do that with Thatcher, it comes across really real, very believable, very convincing, and that's when he's at his best. So uh, so it ended with uh, Thatcher winning, and there was kind of just like this this showdown of like mix of like, I hate yeah. you because you just beat me, but also respect yes. Thatcher and Champa. No, no handshaking or anything. Um, some super chats. Oops, sorry. Had, I'm sorry. I was just gonna say if they had that plan because this was supposed to occur a couple of weeks ago. Um, if that plan was for them to maybe enter the Dusty Classics, a tag team, uh, because they seemed like they were it was a respect thing, but it's obviously happened later. Like strange, strange bedfellow tag team almost. Yeah, like, yeah I think that'd be a lot of fun. Albert, that's a valid point. You're right. They wanted to have that on the New Year's Evil, so mm-hmm. that would have been a weird segue, or, or that would have been a natural segue of like these two guys who can't stand each other but they they know that this is this is the only other man who's t- as tough as me and we're gonna exactly. go this tournament together yeah yes. how fun would that be that's interesting that's a, that's a good call um so that was nxt uh a couple super chats and two news items and then we're gonna uh call it a night here uh bigfoot sneakerhead 499 uh hey guys i know this hey, is bro. off topic what are your top three favorite wrestlers ultimate warrior bret hart macho man that i assume are his um uh, Matt, do you have three that come? So he's on? a big. I'm gonna say 1991 wrestling fan. 92. When did Bret Hart start hitting it? 91. Uh, I mean, in my 93? mind, yeah, you know, he had a big SummerSlam match in 91 against Perfect. 92 was Bulldog and SummerSlam. All right. So, um, uh, Hulk Hogan number one. Um, Andre the Giant number two. Huh. That's rock tough. number three. Rock number three. Alfred. Yeah, that's a tough. Okay, so I will say all time Shawn Michaels is number one. I'd say Hogan's. I'll say Hogan's number two. I was a huge Hulkamaniac as a kid. That's what really made me fall in love with wrestling. And then yeah. number three, The Rock and Stone Cold are right there. I'm gonna go with The Rock. Yeah. I'm gonna get to The Rock because I just love his promos and he's just such a dynamic yeah. guy. Yes, I'll go with uh, Stone Cold number one. Wow. Uh, number two, I'll say Bruno San Martino. No. Uh, uh, Shawn Michaels, number three, Undertaker. No, you can't go wrong with any of those. You can't go wrong with the top three. That, that's a good question. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, we kind of touched on this on the news Monday. So, I, uh, five dollars, Bear Hudson. Uh, what do you think about Ryback calling Mark Henry a bad worker in the ring? And did anyone hear Mark Henry's response? And where is uh, Taba? I, we, uh, we touched on this Monday. Uh, yeah, we. I mean, Mark responded and just, you know, just kind of debunked Ryback. I don't want to like rehash. It's such a back and forth. But I mean, do you, either you guys, Alfred, I haven't talked to you about this at all. Do you have any comments right. to this? Uh, this would be a good show for Raj to hear because I know he talks to Ryback. But uh, I, you'll never hear me say a bad word about Mark Henry. Uh, that uh, he's one of the greatest in my eyes, and I'm not even going to categorize it. I, I think it's really weird that they're going back and forth. The way I found out about this is I actually saw Jericho's tweet, and I responded to it and said that Mark Henry's great or whatnot. And then Mark Henry responded to that 
And so now I'm getting all these comments and people are like, yeah, screw Ryback. And then I went back and watched and it just, I think it's unfounded and ridiculous. And Mark Henry's great. That's all I have to say about that. It is. I didn't know if Ryback was just trolling, trying to work gimmick or some shit here. Makes no sense. Like I said, when we first talked, Justin first broke this on the air. Um, and Mark Henry is a big teddy bear. I don't know anybody in that locker room that didn't absolutely love Mark Henry. I mean, love. Not like, not like to say, hey, what's up, Mark? I mean, love and hug him. Such a good man. Yeah, Alfred, you mentioned uh, Raj. After we talked about this on Monday, and I and I made mention that I text Mark about this, and you know, I do the Friday segment with Mark Henry on Busted Open Radio and Sirius XM, and some comments came in of uh, Mark and me versus Ryback and Raj. Uh, book it. Oh, oh, I'd love to see that. We're in WrestleMania season. Oh, Justin's <laughs> loving that. Yeah. Loving that. Get me over. Put me a payday. Um, Two dollars. <laughs> Amo Master, why is Matt Morgan always in his car? <laughs> have you not watched the show? Because I have a nonverbal autistic son that I can't predict. Um, will come on the screen or in the background, have a meltdown and scream and yell. Um, that could last up for an hour sometimes. And uh, it's just much simpler for me to be out here. I don't keep him awake uh, as well. So, yeah. And I bet you feel stupid for asking that now. This could also be an opportunity to get a car sponsorship. We can get whatever car you're driving, Matt. Reach out to him, and we can give him a sponsorship here. Yeah. Um, all right, and uh, real quick, two news items we'll touch on. Uh, raw viewership down this week. Obviously, the main event they focused on was Alexa Bliss versus uh, Asuka. Uh, it did not do them any favors compared to last week as they are – actually, I'm sorry. The... What? Oh, actually, I'm sorry. They're up. Excuse me. My, I'm sorry. I yeah. actually had my, my, my stuff mixed up. They actually are slightly up this week. Yeah. Um, with how they finish, they finished at 1.855. That's up from right. the 1.819. I'm sorry, I, I have my, my numbers. I all mean, this. and that's just this tiny fraction, obviously. But I like the at least it's an uptick, and uh, that was a great segment. That was such a strong segment. Well, and a strong segment, and like. You know, we they, they they kept pushing us. We knew this. Like, okay, we're building to something here throughout Alexa, the night, right? Right. Alexa, throughout the night. Rand, yeah, Alexa and Randy. So, um, but but like, throughout the night, they built that match. They did. Yeah. Uh, you know, and Alexa was a huge thing, and we kept we we knew we were building to Alexa and and what's going on. Awesome. So, uh, so there wasn't was a little slight uptick there. A very yeah, very very small but hey it's an up fuck that it's uh, amazing congratulations girls good shit and uh monday we talked about how they announced wrestlemania is going to be two nights again this year it was two nights last year when they did the no fans at performance center this year it's two nights um they're, they're going to do raymond james Sta- raymond james stadium as they had attended to in 2020 uh and we're hearing that they are in fact going to do fans which we kind of figured when they said they're going to the stadium are. Yeah, well, it wasn't, but when they announced WrestleMania, uh, when they announced these dates, they never they said anything about fans. Right. We okay, just kind of, okay. you, you, you figured they would not be uh, paying for the rental of the stadium unless they're going to have fans. Um, so, and before people start shitting on my home state of Florida, right, because I know they're going to go, of course Florida has everything open and people can go to a stadium and watch sports. I will point out today Governor DeSantis had announced that the state of Florida has given out the most vaccines to ages 65 and over in our country. So, ha! That is true. So, um, so uh, wrestle votes. Uh, a Twitter account that uh, you know, it's, we we don't know who's behind it, but he but is but he or she has had a great track record of success to the point of accuracy, I should say, to the point of where we 
are willing to cite this person as a source. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, what is it? Russell Votes had tweeted and talked about that what he what he or she is hearing is that reportedly the plan is for each night about twenty five thousand fans each night to attend. Um, and I was going to guess fifteen thousand, honestly. I, I was too, because I think the I think the Tampa Bay Bucks have like fourteen or fifteen now for games. Yes, and then you figure though when you put the set in the ring and stuff, but then again, I guess they have, I guess they have floor seats on the field. So, all right, so twenty five thousand, yeah, twenty five thousand. No, that's a good point. They're able to put more seats out to be fair, which means they're able to social distance more too. To be right. to be fair, yeah. So he's saying, uh, it's saying, I don't know if it's he or she, it's saying twenty five thousand. Um, but he all, but they also go on to say that like while having fans for Raymond James stadium or WrestleMania is pretty kind of cut and dry, you know, you know, in terms of yeah. social distance, whatever the right. real question internally right now is, okay, once we bring the fans back for that event, what happens the next night? Because they are on a time crunch with how long they can be at Tropicana field for the Thunderdome now, because baseball is looking to start back up in the spring. So that would bump them out. I of think there. they start. I think that writes itself because what you just said, baseball coming back, uh, fans coming back as well to watch those sporting events too. Right. Um, yeah, I think it takes care of itself a little bit, right? I think wrestling just follows that trend on a small level. Well, it does, but the question, Matt, is, and Russell Vice notes is that, that people internally are looking at WrestleMania as kind of a soft reopening, but the question right. then becomes, right now, or the last year, you've had the luxury of having, you know, PC, Amway Center, now Tropicana is like your your residency. Now it becomes, they're going to find another one. They're going to find another one here in Florida. I bet. Yeah, it's a matter of finding that. Or if they do want to try to travel a little bit, is that possible to pull off? Is it maybe? I would say Florida. It makes more sense economically for them as well, just to chill in Florida a little bit longer. Uh, if not, it's got to be a state like Florida. That's is Texas open or no? Uh, well, somewhat. I mean, that's what they're doing mainly the following year. They're open. Yeah. Okay. But, like, you know, F- Florida worked out so great for them to rotate around from PC to Amway Center to Tropicana because so much of the – I mean, basically Stanford is 1A, Orlando's 1B. Their second headquarters are, are – they have so much right. of the talent. That's why I, I think they'll stay – that's why I think they'll find another spot here for just a little bit until they go back touring. But but where? Is there a possibility they go back to the PC? I mean, are we – Justin, there's that? a million places. There's a million places they could do this at. But, but factor in that these sports are all coming back. So where? Coming back. Um, what, they do on, what do you mean? They just simply do them on nights that the sports teams aren't going to be there. But if they're uh, – no, no. But if they're going to go back to a residency, and I don't – as long as they're doing a residency in one location, I don't know if they're going to sell a ton of tickets because I don't know – like, so if they go back to right. residency and they go back to the Thunderdome – you can't be tearing that down every night. You have to be at a place that you own. You can't be go for no, a while. You no, can't no, no, bro. They're going to be letting fans in, I would say, at that point. Okay. Do. And I know what you're saying. Why would they keep going back to the same damn place, right? It would be the same fans, you would think. Um, you could be right. I, I don't have the answer to that, honestly. Well, hey, the same fans worked out for ECW in Philadelphia for the first couple of years, so maybe we'll do that. Yeah. Um, all right, guys, that's all the news we got. Uh, we've been going for, what, an hour and a half now? So a good podcast for everybody. Uh, let's do our final thoughts. Matt, final thoughts, plug, promote, shill it all away. Nothing to shill, nothing to promote. Uh, Want to promote the fans. Thanks for joining me and Glenn on our podcast after uh, uh, Monday Night Raw the other night. We'll be doing it again this upcoming Monday. It's uncooked, uncensored. I'm joking. Um, 
<laughs> doing the Macho Man plug from Raw back in the day. It was fun though, a lot of fun. It's free. You don't have to pay money to chat with us. Uh, everybody makes a like an actual verbal recording of their question, and it gets played on the air. And uh, it's something different. I like it. Me and Glenn have you know fun on the air. And if we can have three or four, we'd be doing it with you guys as well. Um, you only have two people on at a time. That's the only downside of it, I would say. But uh, we had a great first night. Uh, thank you to all the fans that made it very successful. Me and Glenn were like, our show was like the top three, I think, when it, for when we first aired aired it, rather. So thank you guys because you're all the ones that made that happen. Thank you guys. That's awesome. Uh, follow me on Twitter at This Is Nasty. Read my articles on Forbes and watch my pro wrestling YouTube channel, Pro Wrestling Bits. And Justin, I have to say, I have uh, heard you on Busted Open on my drive to work on Fridays. It's really good on that show. I really like this stuff. Oh, thank you. I want to listen. That's a great. That's a great. I, I love that damn entire network. I just never well, get to listen to it anymore. Send me some. Well, yeah. cheap plug. You can listen live if you're available at 10 a.m. Eastern time on Fridays when I'm on. Or if you have oh. the Sirius XM app, you can download yeah. on demand and listen to it whenever you'd like to. So most people uh, have that app, especially fantasy football players. That's how. Oh I yeah, buy. yeah. It won me two leagues this year. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So download the Sirius XM app and uh, just. Search for the fight channel, channel 156, and you can just download the app. You can just get the episode. And Justin, just track forward. Text me it if you don't mind, if you can, cut and paste it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. No, like uh, a so, couple of your last episodes. I want to support you, man. You're good. Yeah, no, thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, thank you, guys. Yeah, so uh, tomorrow afternoon, we'll be on the Wrestling Daily with Nick Nalsman. Friday morning, I'm on with Mark Henry and Dave LaGreca. Uh, make sure you subscribe to this channel, of course, Wrestling Inc., as we have tons of content coming on with our post show podcast with all kinds of other news worthy uh, video snippets. Um, coming up on Royal Rumble, that's going to be a big, uh, a big Sunday show. I don't know who's going to be on it yet, but I'm sure it'll be some combination of, of, the, of the group here. A lot of good stuff. Uh, thank you very much for the Super Chats. Thanks for the love. Thanks for the comments. Thanks for the hearts. Everybody, be safe. Love one another. We'll be back next Wednesday, this trio, for our Wednesday night uh, talkings about. Be safe. Take care. Hey. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.